Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the NXT 2 Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT 2.0. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review NXT 2.0 but also and AEW Rampage, as well as pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course. On wrestle culture, as I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of last night's show, Hamlet? Abysmal, absolutely abysmal. I quite liked it. I quite like you because I just thoroughly enjoyed that. It's my favourite intro you do the whole week because we get the full docket of funny voice show announcements. What is it? Is it Ram? An AW Rampage? <laughs> that's that's yet one. to get one. It will. It, it, yeah. It'll come in time. At the moment, it's still... <laughs> Rampage, baby. That's what it's going to have to be. It's still very much the Cameron uh, Graves of the, uh, of the show titles. And thank God for that. Because I have zero enthusiasm for this show. We've I've had, got nothing to say. We've had, <laughs> we've had 2.0s. Stuff just happened, didn't it? Like, we've had 2.0s like this before, and it infuriates me as an entitled, spoiled like analyst of this. We've said why we collectively enjoy 2.0 is because it's so rich in things to rip the piss out of. We don't rip the piss out of the performers. Nope. We're very strict about that. Some of them shouldn't be on television, and I don't mean that in the cruel way. I mean, in the literal way, they should not be on television. Some of them are being forced to do things that nobody could get over. We talk about elevating bad material. Nobody could elevate material this bad. So it's never about them. Mock the process. Mock the people behind the process. All that stuff, all good. When the cheeky bastards try and do a wrestling show with these people that shouldn't be on wrestling television, it's an insult to me and you and us and all of our time. And anybody that is like listening to this who has actually watched it, I apologize in advance. I assume at this point most people listen to find out what happened because they didn't watch it. Mm. But for anybody that is like looking for deep thoughts on the content of these matches, I apologize. Like, this is a disclaimer almost. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to find it. How dare they present so many, like, three quarters of a star, six minute matches in one two hour broadcast? Like, this was barely even a pro wrestling show because I was looking in the match for the pro wrestling and I couldn't find it. But where were the funny angles? Outside of a couple of obvious things, where was the daft bollocks? This was nout of out. I was 
a bit different in my approach to this podcast than you because I watched how few matches there were and how little amount of time they got. And I went, oh, thank God. I don't have to, like, reach for analysis as to what happened in them because there's absolutely nothing in them whatsoever. When, like, you get your typical, right, this crowd's incredibly performative, so I can't really measure if it's, like, this classic match unfolding in front of my eyes or if there's just these weird guys having, like, <laughs> too weird and fake a time and are very loud about it. I'm like, oh, this right. They're reacting like this. It's like a trick. It must be great, this. Why am I feeling nothing at all? <laughs> They're doing like big kickouts and big moves, and the, the athletic execution of them is great, but it's all synthetic and I feel nothing. But other people are feeling it. What, what am I missing out on? I have a sort of an existential crisis almost watching certain NXT 2.0 matches. And this time I was like, oh, that's nothing. It's great. <laughs> no, one, no one can possibly think this is anything. So let's just start ripping the piss. Yeah, there was a bit, I can't remember which match it was. And I, I love you, A. He's my best friend, of course. But he said, this is a banger. And I went, what is what's what what's, what are we talking about here? Because I was just like the match just sort of happened in all of them just sort of happened in front of me. Yeah, like you say, there was a couple of ones with angles and stuff like that. Do you think it was like that day today joke we all like where it's like collecting stamps? It cuts to weird. He's just, <laughs> just holding the sausage. He just got a sausage in his hand. This is a banger, Vic. He's got sausage in his hand at the very first second of this show. Did you hear him? Yeah. Did you hear him? Everyone in this brand. Now that you know, mask is bought. Twitter, we can be horny on mine and look at the style of titters. I love it all. Uh, we don't get cancelled. We just what's, like, what's been main since two point started? Because horny has been <laughs> yeah, where they've been yeah. throughout. Wait, no one's like, whoa, where's this coming from? NXT two point We got a feature called "Dude, Where's My Tits?" Because the exact reason. But I tell you what, I tell you what, I did like this show because I've realised I always do this. I like this show because of what it means for next week. Two games are making a comeback, baby. Absolutely, absolutely. But my, no, no, I think we've got it wrong. Well, you've got it wrong. I've got it right. <laughs> the way Barrett's introduction was, they was talking about how Elon Musk is born twin. Everyone's talking about how they're going to say what they want in free speech. But we've been saying it the whole time. We've got a dicks in our hands. Last year. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. They're like, they're like the trailblazers. <laughs> and Twitter's caught up with us. Yeah. Yeah. Which could, like, to be honest, do with happening to the rest of themselves. Going on, any followers. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say this because of the, the, intro, the opening shot of this show. And then I just thought of them when you said dicks in our hands. Then, now, forever, just <laughs> keep going. The yeah. shot, just in case we <laughs> together, go... weird and Vic uh, <laughs> at the same time. Together, could that be a segment? Do you think, like, when Vic Joseph finally becomes a character, Vic's dicks, <laughs> <laughs> Vic's soggy biscuit, it's like that balls of steel where the microphone's a dildo. <laughs> in case we forget, for yes. the people who haven't watched this show and I are only learning about it through this podcast, the literal introduction of the show is: you see a pair of shins. Right. <laughs> then you see an upper thigh. Keep talking to me. <laughs> then you see an upper thigh, barely concealed by like a strap. And then you see a humongous pair of breasts <laughs> filmed from the Andre the Giant <laughs> angle, and it's Nikita Lyons. And the soundtrack to this. You see Grenoble, then you see the French Alps. <laughs> incredible, like, just incredibly horny. And, you know, like no man ever gets like this. Oh, God, look at all that. Look at that bulge. And look at those. Abs, it's like, look at those ass, those tits, their ass. I don't even touch my gag <laughs> until I find the right broad. Ever doubted if Michael Sidgwick wasn't the most consistent anal anal analysis in this game? Mm -hmm. Remind yourself of any AW Bash at the Beach like review, and it's like, that kind of sucks, guys. Where's the hunks? Yeah, where's the hunks? Where's the hunks? Where are the consistency hunks? across the board? Like, it's always women in bikinis on Bash at the Beach. Mm. It's like, come on, bro, company, get some dudes out there, yeah, get some dudes, like, hanging brain. <laughs> I think you'll find as Hang well down. to uh, target. I think we, we should all kind of make an apology to NXT 2.0 because we always make the joke, oh, it's like six year olds watching this show. Uh, I think you'll find they got a very topical reference on this show 
about a film that came out 19 years ago called Cool Runnings. So <laughs> Find the 1993 classic. Your math is absolutely oh, yeah. dog shit. 29 years ago. Sorry. 29 <laughs> years. Gotta even think of that. It's because you're old. Yeah, bitch. we're so old. Because we're just, 29 we're just years. waiting for this product. Yeah, cool runnings. But anyway, we'll right. get to them because I, I, I like that bit because it was Malik and Idris and blah, yeah. I love them. Anyway, let's start at the beginning of the show there with Nikita Lyons. She uh, she had uh, Nikita Lyons, Lash Legend 2. Um, and uh, they brawled to start and uh, there was a bit of miscommunication early on, I think it's fair to say. Uh, and Nikita Lyons just got kicked out of the ring and basically landed right on her head. That concerned me quite quite early. When you know she's fine, and I cannot stress that enough, when we know she's absolutely fine, that needs a sound effect like yesterday because they just things in wrestling have to look a certain way, and that fall oh. didn't look the way any fall should look, did it? But I need to know she's fine mm. because it was frightening, like really frightening. Remember when Sasha Banks was spotting that she was under rotating at WrestleMania 32 and over rotating, and it looked like a cool thing she intended to do, where really it was just mm. like you've just saved yourself, and it's awesome, you're so great at all of this. She just did the first bit, just did the first bit, and was like, I can't save myself here, so I'm going, and like the angle of her body and neck. Ooh. Terrifying. Frightening. Anyway, last legend got out of the ring went, you're all right. Right, into the steps you go. <laughs> um, uh, Lions comes back in. Sunset Flip gets a two count. Uh, legend hit with a sort of spinning side slam, sort of like deep six a little bit, uh, to get a two count as well. Legend uh, goes for a power bomb. Uh, Lion sort of counters it into a sort of Frankensteiner, basically, uh, and then just does the. Uh, I'm, I'm forever going to call it. I'm forever going to name it after Jade Cargill. Now that kick she hit on uh, Marina Shafir, Jesus Christ! Uh, basically, she hit just a huge kick to, to Lash Legend in the chest. One, two, three. Nikita Lyons gets the victory. Post match, though, in comes Natalia to attack and beat down Lyons, and Lash Legend helps her out and holds her up, so Natalia can beat her up some more. And Cora Jade doesn't skate down to the ring, but she brings a skateboard with her uh, to make the save, and uh, there's a, she tries to put in a sharpshooter, and then Lyons saves her out of that, and eventually it's uh, Nikita Lyons and, and Cora Jade standing tall, whilst Natalia and Lash Legend console each other on the ramp. Your thoughts on this? Uh, I'm going to try not to be too caustic with my analysis here, but this is the very best match these two performers are capable of working, and one of them almost killed themselves. <laughs> like I'm not being funny. Like, I mean, you are. I'm laughing. <laughs> work to the goddamn strengths and level of experience, and don't lay out matches on behalf of performers who aren't at this point experienced to do all of this themselves. Like they couldn't rock up in like an indie and say, right, okay, well, let's do our spot match and do eight minutes. Like the, the, this is the level we're talking mm. about, and they are making them do spots that could and almost do go drastically, drastically, tragically wrong. I was terrified during that moment. But to put them over for the work that they are capable of doing, that they should be encouraged to do, I like the tone of this. bit pissy, mm. a bit hard-hitting. Some of the strikes were good. There's a bit of flexing when they were doing the counters. Of like, no, you can't get me. Oh, actually, I can. There was genuinely a bit of piss and vinegar, and they've got the foundations of... What it's, what it's meant to be to be a professional wrestler, they are locked in a fight, predetermined one, that various moments makes you think these two people hate each other and they are absolutely having it out in via athletic exhibitions that aren't necessarily bad at all. Like some of the strikes were good, some of like the kip-up attempts and escapes. Elements of this were genuinely I was into and then oh, disaster almost struck. Yeah. Oh, Natalia no. stamps. I, sorry, before it... 
before we move on, and I forget to ever mention this ever again, Natalia's stamps look putrid. She's been at this forever. Mm. She has been positioned in this NXT 2.0 brand <laughs> as the, the, the absolute dying of women's wrestling, indeed the bold. And she was doing some stamps on Nikita Lyons, and I thought, is this your first day as well? So, like, I'm going to undermine myself here by giving a bit of analysis, but it's funny you mentioned that, because I thought when it got a bit... Like, I wouldn't say... It, it wasn't like they weren't shooting, brother. It wasn't... Like, weren't working stiff, but they were trying to work through, obviously, a couple of very obvious botches. And it did make me think for a second, like, the developmental changes have swept through in such a way that the old process, the very, very Triple H manned process, was this never, ever goes wrong. Like, you rehearse it to death in the performance centre... You do this, you look at your hands, you look at the hard camera, but for God's sake, <laughs> you never make it look like it's gone wrong. And if it's gone wrong, like you don't acknowledge it and you just do not let it derail from the, the script effectively. Do the spot again. Do the spot again if you need to. You never got that feeling. And that was sometimes that worked against like old NXT. It's like just let it degenerate into a fight and things will all the old legends you've ever heard talk about would say, just go with it. Like the fans don't know. You have to believe that the fans don't know that something's gone wrong and you keep working, you keep this believing the fight, and they'll come back with you. So I did feel that from them. Maybe that's a change in the developmental process. Maybe he's being told, look, the expectation is incredibly low. Please don't watch. But if you do, just keep it, try and keep yeah. it real and you'll get through that. Maybe we're going to see this in more matches and we're certainly going to see the opportunity because there's going to be loads more botches. <laughs> like this brand is going to continue to be full of them. So you're going to see if that is a, a thing or not. And speaking of Triple H as a coach, I want to talk about Natalia too because uh, that tough enough scene that we've enjoyed ripping the piss out of before, like you said like they're a party for real. When he's oh. like bullying the, you're not hanging out. But, uh, <laughs> he's just got the best bit is good snap. It's like poker. I have to put that over because it's actually really good. Yeah, good snap. Good snap. Like, the power dynamic is disgraceful. Like he's got all the power in this room. He can say what he likes. They could like do everything he asks for, and they could still say he did that wrong. You know, my favorite bit of that is when he asks someone like, "Why? Why'd you get in this?" Yeah. And someone goes, oh, "I just like it. I like the physicality, the pain." And he mishears him. And he goes, "Oh, the fame! What are you these chicks running on your dick all the time?" And I was like, "He didn't say that, Trick. You have to earn that, Candice Michelle. Get over here. <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, Sean, you want a bit of this? <laughs> so, but my sympathy, uh, you know, again, so we provide a bit of contrast, a bit of parity. My sympathy was with Natalia, one bit here, because there was the bit where uh, Nikita Lyons was being held for the kicks. Oh yeah, and she just stood there. <laughs> Stationary, like board stiff. Great, well, great Antonio. I, I was board stiff. She was stiff as a board, right? <laughs> Natalia was just kicking her in the gut, and nothing. She's not moving. You can see Natalia's face getting angry. Move, man, do some. Move your left foot. Where's Regal gone when I need him? She was just stood there, and Natalia's kicking in the gut, and you're like, oh yeah, rest is completely fake. And then it happens again a couple of minutes later because she's getting Cora Jade in the sharpshooter, and Cora Jade's got to present a struggle. <laughs> She know what to do. So I don't she know my hands. She does like, obviously, again, following another, like, she's obviously watching this thought, who can I look at the work of to see who's, uh, who can be inspired from this NXT process? I know, Butch, scrappy-doo. She just starts doing this. Came up with another joke. Like, her hands are just going, <laughs> turn a penny, shadow boxing, nothing. Like, I can't get on the job. She, uh, and then she gets it. This was nearly all completely pitiful, and I almost don't want to name anybody involved because I feel like I'm watching something so constructed for, yeah. the, for constructed for the people in the back rather than the people in the ring that's supposed to be performing it, but mm. mostly a mess. So we cut backstage, the star of the show, Tony D'Angelo. He goes, oh, Python, huh? how's everybody doing? He should do the opening promo every week. Well, Welcome, welcome us to... Based on this... Out of nowhere, baby fish turn. I imagine, <laughs> I imagine in about three weeks he's going to be welcoming us to Monday Night Raw because the way he was sent out there to smile, kiss the babies. <laughs> Chuck them in the oh air. my God, where was this? 
So I was supposed to face this wanted straight guy, Zion Quinn, but uh, he's got a hangnail or a stomachache. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So now I got to face Mr. Silver Tongue himself, <laughs> Von Wagner. Died at that yeah, line. really good. All I know is when I get done with Mr. Excitement, <laughs> he'll be sleeping with the fishes. And then he goes, Santos, you know what I'm talking about, right, guy? And he winks at the camera and he walks away. And do you know what really threw me on this, actually? So I've just got I, an incredible joke, so I'm just putting it in my draft. This is so unprofessional. <laughs> but when this gets unleashed on Twitter, where can we find it? At M. Sidgwick. Well, I, ju- I genuinely thought, it's uh, strange, you know, Zion Quinn is, that is what it is, but I, I, I thought, oh, they'll put someone else in. I thought, Von Wagner, just, I did, for me, it just didn't really gel, because I was like, well, surely Von Wagner likes Tony D'Angelo, because he got, he's got carp. <laughs> <laughs> you cock. Anyway, uh, Diamond Mine is <laughs> so bad. Diamond Miner back. You know the content you're working with. You wouldn't try that on a on a Dynamite review. Oh, 100%. No. Like, uh, they're going to talk about wrestling that he's going to kick that <laughs> <that's> gonna, <laughs> like kick that joke's dick into the dirt. On 2.0, it's like, that's not bad, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's good. good. Uh, Roderick Strong uh, is berating the group, basically. He's, they've gone he off the rails. So, like, in the ring. Uh, in the storyline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you went everywhere. <laughs> you went everywhere opposite first. He sucks at all of it. Roderick Strong's awesome, but, like, his record's terrible, isn't yeah, it? He's been using, yeah. yeah, he's been using... Yeah, he's the, the latest... In the long line. Yeah, maybe the Creeds will point this out at some point and they'll have a fight, but you know, a bit weird. Well, he's handpicked some opponents for the Creed brothers, and it's the Viking Raiders back in NXT. How's that happened? And then like, they... Roderick Strong and the Viking Raiders. What's, what's that about? Undisputed Era, like, uh, yeah, back in the black and gold days, we, uh, we fought them all the time. Like, where's, the, where's the, the bond? Where's the friendship? To be honest, I don't like to think about what at least one of the Viking Raiders has in common with people, so it doesn't really bear thinking about <laughs> <laughs> Roderick Strong politically. Uh, they're going to fire spring breaking, basically. And then we got Bob Wagner against Tony D'Angelo. Um, and uh, you had Bob Wagner choking him in the ropes early on. And fans were like, oh, boo, come on, Tony. And I was like, I thought he was a bad guy. Surreal, this. I feel like I've got a lot to say on this when you finish the review, but then I'm not sure I do by the time you got to the end of it because the match was Garbage. Like <laughs> nothing happened. It was like they. It's like you know. Sometimes you always say like, "Why are they going to such effort when they know they're doing a shoddy finish at the end?" It was like they went, "Well, we don't need to worry about that. We get someone's coming and getting involved at the end, so let's just give." Uh, but then I don't know. I don't know what they've been instructed to do here. Fisherman's neck breaker gets broken up, toss on the floor. Or someone of them gets tossed to the floor, and here comes a Legado del Fantasma to seemingly uh, go after Von Wagner. Perhaps they jump up on the apron. Uh, this brings out the wise guys uh, who pull them off the apron. But in the midst of all this and the distraction, the referee, Santos Escobar, takes out Tony D'Angelo's knee. He just makes it in before the 10 count and walks straight into a big boot. One, two, three. I'm going to quote commentary here. The biggest win of Von Wagner's career, a man who beat Kyle O'Reilly on his way out, right? Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> like just come on like it's just so petty and transparent and this sort of character arc from Van Wagner has come out of nowhere um, but the people the listeners do want to know about the quality of the match and I would describe it succinctly as a mad rush to perform awkwardly executed power moves <laughs> is, is, is that anything is there anything else to it it just felt like nothing was registered mm-hmm. very little time was taken no drama was built it was just rushing through power move hoss spots the bumps of which at times were incredibly awkward. Yeah, not well executed and not that over. 
So it, that's I think that's where the problem with the registration is. You know, if like Cena stuff was never well executed, but the five moves were doing was over as hell because he was John Cena. So nobody, but it got to the point where nobody stopped to bother talking about how that like I know Sony didn't. I know Sony didn't. <laughs> 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 over slam that you would do. Like it's almost like he's not touching the opponent. It just happened because it's time to set up three forearms. Like that was a match full of that, but like nobody cares about the characters, the moves, or the execution of the moves. I like the bit that he had the five moves of doom, and he went, I "Can add to this." I think the springboard stunner is the way to go. <laughs> yeah. And for about a month, he just botched the springboard stunner and went, that's the end of the match. There we go. <laughs> Steve Austin had him on a podcast right around that time. And he was like, right at the end, he was like, John, I got to ask it. And he was like, I, I know what you're going to say. I know it's I, there's a couple haven't gone so well over this stunner. He was like, no, man, I was talking about like the cinch that STF. Do your things like it. Like, uh, this was a bad match. They always are. Um, but... I'm almost immune to that at this point because there's already been one on the broadcast. Somebody this that afternoon has decided, right, nobody engages with NXT 2.0, but this one podcast in the UK seems to have driven some engagement into Tony D'Angelo and people are behind him. Yes, I am basically using your voice to take credit for this character getting over. Absolutely. Like, this is the man that three weeks ago was, like, charged with retiring the NXT legend, old man Chambers, had to walk the old dusty trail because of Tony D'Angelo. Get the schmuck out of here! <laughs> three, four weeks later, he's been babyfaced because people are like... They quite like the funny voice, don't they? So we'll just babyface him. What do we do now? Beat him. What a just a ridiculous broken process. And by the way, mm. you can babyface somebody. You, like heels to babyface transitions when you're enjoying the funny voices and that. The one thing that needs, and it's such a crucial piece of the puzzle, um, it's like two or three cool moves. Like LA Knight was the last example of this. We all enjoy a good year, but yeah. you didn't have anything really in his arse that made you go, yes, I'm so glad I'm behind this guy. Mm. Tony Angelo, it's like... 10 years of experience behind LA Knight. It's not looking great. I think you finally got two things in Arsenal now, his Arsenal now. You know that meme where it's like, you get, I get. So it's like, Tony D'Angelo, you take the L. Trade offer. Yeah. I love this guy. <laughs> this, this guy. This meme's the best. So it's like, Tony, you take the L, yeah. but you get Troy Two Times Donovan <laughs> and Channing Lorenzo, as I call him on the streets, stacks. Stacks and two times. If only, <laughs> if only Tony D'Angelo wasn't feuding with a wrestler slash stable who could turn babyface and had loads of cool moves. <laughs> <laughs> if only. <laughs> and uh, I was watching this, man. Tony D, Santos Escobar, Von Wagner. I think, who do I like? <laughs> <laughs> who am I meant to like? What's going on? I'll tell you who you're not meant to like, and that's Toxic Attraction. They interrupted a Roxanne like Perez giant, <laughs> Indy Bloody Hartwell and Pidgey Bloody Prota, who are mates again now, Yeah, apparently. Yeah, the... What's the thing oh, that I forgot, bonds? Yeah, the, yeah, what, I forgot, what's yeah. the thing that bonds people the most? Is cack. it respect? It's cack. It's cack. It's the answer to every question. You just question. blew your load, you asshole! I was about to do a runner. I was it's about cack. to do a. Uh, it's all cack. It's cack everything. <laughs> the cacks are tied in nuts. Uh, but he didn't smell yeah, like I was cack. Gonna, I was going to do a big long bit about uh, respect, uh, <laughs> uh, battle, you know, and then he fucking ruined it. Well, Cedric had a list as long as Dexter Lumis to a pack of condoms. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, um, speaking, uh-huh. of, speaking of ruining things, JC Jane said, uh, oh, it smells like, <laughs> well, it smells like trash. That's what she said. Uh, and uh, complained that, that, that uh, Roxanne Perez only won her debut because Wendy Chu distracted her. Uh, and, and Mandy Rose says, oh, it doesn't really count. And, and Roxanne says, well, the win's a win. And Mandy says, oh, I think you should wake up from the dream. And then Gigi Dolene z- hits her with a zinger. Mm, she looks like a snorer. Uh, the delivery, I'm telling you, man. The delivery of this line, I'm, I'm so embarrassed for them. It was awful. I, it, it's just the worst acting all of wrestling. 
Other, other than Matt Hardy for the last three years. <laughs> <laughs> so Roxanne says she was going to excruciate. Yeah, she was going to prove it wasn't a fluke by challenging Mandy tonight. And uh, Mandy says she's going to cheat Perez the difference between a champion and someone who dreams of being a champion. And then, uh, ding, ding, I get a point because uh, Fallon Henley was backstage with Boris Johnson and John Bronson. And uh, one of them got distracted by boobs because they walked past, which yeah. is exactly what I said was going to happen. I, granted, I said it was going to be in the match. But, uh, yeah, uh, Jensen, I think it was, was like, oh, see the tits? They just walked past, basically. <laughs> uh, and then they announced after that, Lash Legend uh, and Natalia will face Nikita Lyons and Cora Jade at spring breaking. So we're talking about the backstage segment with Brogs Johnson. And who's the... Cro- Fallon Henley. Fa- uh, who's the Sophia... Sophia Cromwell. Is, is, are we at this point? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know what her name was. Because she... Walked past. Did she express an interest? Because she sort of stopped and looked. She gave a little. And then he went, ma'am. And then she took his hat off, didn't he? Yeah. Very polite. Well, my knob's falling off again. <laughs> Keep <laughs> doing that. My loader. <laughs> so is that going to happen? Are we going to get Brogs? going to get Bruce Jensen versus Von Wagner to win the heart of Sophia Cromwell. Oh. <laughs> uh, Nathan Fraser made his, well, I was going to say debut. He arrived in NXT next. He was meant to have a match, uh, but as he was coming down to the ring and his opponent, the jobber, was just waiting there, in comes Gregson Bloody Waller, who uh, slides in, attacks his opponent, chucks him out of the ring, gets on the mic and says, no one cares about Nathan Fraser and his debut. Not uh, wrong. He Not says, wrong. says, take your bloody Willy Wonka haircut and piss off, basically. <laughs> he also says he didn't need Sanger. Has he got rid of Sanger now, yeah. then? I missed that. Is that, is that last week? Basically. Got rid of Sanger. Had a match with Sanger, 95 to 5% ratio of offense. Sanger ate a post and got pinned after <laughs> after doing like a three-minute yeet sequence over and over and over and over Brilliant. and over again. Neither Sanger nor Grayson Waller registered a single win in the time those two were together. That's right, isn't it? Probably. No, he beat, he beat LA Knight. Yeah. Oh, of course he did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it calls out a chase you section. Uh, it says the sorority girls are built like refrigerators. <laughs> And then uh, Chase gets gets up on the corner of the apron and Fraser missile drop kicks Grayson Bloody Waller, hits him with a tope. The tope looked incredible. It, it looked absolutely incredible. Look and uh, Chase says that's a that's a teachable moment. So yeah. Uh the tope was great. Nathan Fraser trying so hard not to make a million obvious comparisons with a better time. And that better time was the fucking pandemic. <laughs> when Ben Carter was an immediate breakout star because Nathan Frazier is a giggling, weird creep I don't like to look at. That's what I know about him in week one. I don't know where he's been for these last two years. Chasing his dream, I've been told, on some brand that doesn't exist. It's like a nerd, doesn't he? That's a bit rich coming from me, but there's a nerdy <laughs> well, nerdy quality. Well, I'll say that then because it takes one to know one. Like, I am... F- <laughs> creeping me out. Like, he's, <laughs> what do you think about like, young man Fraser? <laughs> young man Fraser gives me the creeps. <laughs> Wait, one return him into a ludicrous gimmick. Like, that's the, this is this guy. They're usually quicker than us in NXT. <laughs> <laughs> Pro- an obvious prodigious talent, and already there's elements of him that I just don't want to watch. He's in WWE, of course there is. Yeah. Uh, real sort of uh, hot spot of, of NXT happened next. Several things. Got Tiffany Stratton to come in a second, but before that, uh, we had the uh, and well, the announcement had, I think it happened earlier on in the show. But the first vignette for one of many competitors in the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament, which means next week we're bringing back the game. This is your thing because Ariana Grace was introduced. She's a beauty queen, but she's also fought in MMA. So she ticks two boxes. Later on, there was like she's a businesswoman, but she can fight. Well, <laughs> I love it. In the corporate world and in the ring, I take no prisoners. 
I, like, that, <laughs> the idea, like, sort of, uh, who's, uh, who's the agent you look up to? I don't know. There's nobody sticks out. You better pay your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've got a three-day weekend here in the in the UK coming up. I want to spend. I want you to spend those days working on <laughs> your pitches because our first first day back will be Tuesday. Your pitches as to that this is your thing because with there's so many possibilities now. You, like if the fact they're doing two in one, beauty queen and MMA person, WWE since when did the big boss man debut? Eighty nine, eighty eight, eighty eight, eighty eight. Right since eighty eight. What's the big boss man thing? What we always say. Dumbass. Dumbass. For for over 34 years, the World Wrestling Federation has tried to do occupational gimmicks. No one's believed a single one of them. And in that time, there's been one. One wrestler who's got a day job, and it's AEW's Britt Baker. (laughs) (laughs) And yet, I meant to take seriously that. What's her name? Uh, Ariana Grace. No, no, she's uh, there. That's Santino Morella's daughter. Uh, I Did you hear that, Wilborn? Santino Morella's daughter. <laughs> What's good. her promo going to be like? <laughs> uh, oh no, Sloane Jacobs one who's, who's been fighting with her sisters. That was that was the third one they showed. I'm not that bothered, like I don't know why you're going through the notes. Uh, Kiana James. Kiana James. Corporate strategy in the corporate world and in the ring. I take no prisoners. Channel CT point oh some prisons. When he started talking about the big boss man, I thought oh, nails was great too. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't work a lick, but I was absolutely terrified of him. <laughs> then there must be plenty of ex NXT people who have been to jail. Sorry, <laughs> hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Then 
we got Tiffany Stratton backstage. She was getting interviewed, uh, and the woman was trying to ask her some questions. It was like, shut up so we can hear from Tiffany Stratton. And she goes, uh, this is my time, thank you. What? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you have, have, you, have you seen the comments? So Sidge did, a, you know, as he always does, brilliant 10-point uh, list about... Uh, ten sort of wild predictions. Ten bizarre candidates for the post WrestleMania push. You know the likes of uh, Jinder Mahal, Shining Stars, Make Darren Young Great Again, and this year Ezekiel. Indeed. Um, so ten more of them that I thought. And the bosses, in their great wisdom, thought sounds like a Wilborn voiceover that does. Mm-hmm. Big mistake. Huge. Huge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because as uh, I said to Sige, uh, just to let you know, Sige, um, I will be doing a Tiffany Stratton voice for the entirety of the Tiffany Stratton entry. What did, I, what did I say to you? All he said was, make sure you put in a second half so the mid-roll had already happened. Oh, I, know, <laughs> I, I said put it last. No, you did say put it last. I was remember, like, well, get as much retention as possible. As much retention as possible. <laughs> Number nine. <laughs> <laughs> tef- All right, okay, this idiot's on his bollocks again. <laughs> Number ten, Tiffany Stratton. The whole entry. I did get. I will say, do still watch that video because I did make sure that the editor put in the, in the notes what time me finishing doing the Tiffany Stratton voice ended, so we could skip past it. Be like Tiffany Stratton. Okay, so someone from an ex. You know what he could have done? Just not do it. What did the comments say? Hang on, wait a second. Tell me what what, you, what I should have done. Could have just not done it. Could have just not done it. Well, guess what? We're gonna do it anyway. <laughs> what We're gonna com- do it anyway. What were the comments? <laughs> what were the comments like, Wilborn? I, don't, I, don't, I never look at the comments. I never look at it. I'm going to guess ringing endorsement. I would watch that. There was one. Can you remember what it was? It was about me and you. I d- oh yeah, it wasn't it something like the only thing, the only way to make what was it? You, you I can't tell who I hate more. <laughs> <laughs> Wilborn or Sidgwick? <laughs> <laughs> it's the dream team. I love it. So anyway, where were we? Oh yeah, Tiffany Stratton back there. Everybody thought my victory last week against that little cheater. But did you see that Saray pulled my hair like three times? I mean, what's up with that? Uh, in comes Grayson Waller doing his best GCSE acting. Oh, bloody, bloody, the bloody Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, from all now. Grayson Waller. <laughs> comes in, he goes, bloody, who is this bloody Nathan Fraser? She goes, all I know is, he looks homeless, his hair looks like straw, and he's got a terrible accent. And Grayson Waller agrees. He said he can't stand anyone with an accent. Good. Well That's played. good. Yeah. Jericho-esque part of that. Well played. Uh, the interviewer tries to ask a question. No, no, no. And uh, Timmy Shannon goes, uh, we're talking here. And then she just goes, she's totally the worst at life. So I think she just said, I think she should die, basically. <laughs> Grayson she's goes, the worst at life, she'll be dead already. Yeah, Grayson Waller goes, you're bloody right, she is the worst. And then he challenges Nathan Fraser for next week, and uh, Tiffany says, oh, I like the sound of that. Oh, maybe I could buy him some new soap. Because he smells, he's homeless and what have you. And, uh, and Grayson concludes by saying, such a bloody good idea. People from the UK smell so bad. And then they leave. They harsh. I mean, I've got the pop sweats right now, so she's... I'm a bit sweaty, like... Yeah, again, the implication, of course, that Nathan Frazier is hideous. But these two are probably... F- so, like, it's just... Oh, they're going to have hard full sex. Yep. <laughs> well, I'm a real sex haver. I'm a sex haver. <coughs> Pop it in my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Eating pussy and food on my Nathan Fraser. <laughs> so Grayson Waller is social media influencer, boxer, 
uh, man who needs a bodyguard. Bungee jumper. Bungee jumper, top shagger. <laughs> The return of the t- Top Shagger Redux. This is like, he's brought the shagging back. <laughs> back once again with the renegade shagger. <laughs> anyway, what was next? The end, oh. hopefully. No, we're nowhere near. Well, let's be a bit quick. Okay. Um, it was Katana. Not the words of a Top Shagger. <laughs> it was- I want you to go all night long. <laughs> Where would they pop it? In my pussy. <laughs> What is this podcast going to sound like in like two months even? <laughs> yeah. Yo, I really like that Dynamite review. It's good. It's really analytical. I want to see what else they do. Pop it in my pussy. This is why when you're looking for the reviews for the five star, it's why there's like such a diverse range. Yeah, like, yeah mate, told me to give this a go. And now the first one I try, first one I try was a Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday morning. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Katana uh, Chance, man. Uh, versus Ulyssa Leon and Valentina Feroz. Um, some dancing just early on. Uh, I think it was Feroz. Look like Bruno and Julian. Uh, <laughs> and Rana. Uh, and then just did some shimmying about after she did it. Uh, in, in comes uh, Carter, though. Catches her with a kick um, and then hands it off to Katana Chance, who hits a springboard crossbody. And they're great. Oh, Casey Katzara and Caden Carter as a team. Um, Carter did, did, did get caught in an octopus, uh, but Ulyssa Leon missed a lion salt, and that allows them to hit that mint 450 neck breaker. Double team finisher of theirs. Chance and Carter get the win. Yeah, they are all right as a team. They've been together so long that it feels real. Like they were once just put together because there was no. There's nothing for them to do. Just love to party. The f- aye, the, f- the dancing stuff's wretched. The finisher isn't. The finisher is not as good as they think it is. Like she's doing a 450, but the the, the snap is on the like the neck break, the drop rather mm. than like her 450's got nothing to do with it. And it's really hard to do that safely, so I understand why. But it's you remember that time that now Katana Chance Casey Kanzara did that flip that kind of went a bit wrong, but it looked even cooler as a result. So it got gifted into oblivion. It was like, wow, she did about 18 rotations. Like, I oh, she should have done six. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's a bit like that. You kind of have to use uh, high spots like that. I just think this act is so lame. I think it's so rubbish. They're like, they're, what's, what is Katana Chance? Like, it's, it's lame, but the Alba Fire thing later on. Just coming up, yeah. Next. Like, it's fire. Yeah. That's, uh, that was Alba a, fire. Sorry, can't picture it. Alba means Scottish and this says fire. <laughs> like that. Done. Completed it. Like what's, in contrast... Where was so you're telling me Katana Chance? It was mm. just it was just a case Kanzara. The work here really wasn't that bad. Yeah. I think the I like the, the other team. The last they popped the, up in the um they they were doing those awesome high spots in the uh, Dusty Cup. Absolutely, mm. the less experienced team here really is a good account of themselves. There's promise there, genuine elusive promise there, and I thought the work was by the general standard of NXT 2.0, like genuinely quite fun and well done. Cast a star and a half listed, and it was the only thing on the show to manage it. Alba Fire, we had the vignette with a setting a baseball bat on fire. And uh, also, Brooks Jensen has been jumped backstage. Josh Briggs just knows it's Legado del Fantasma. If this turns out to be Josh Briggs, um, my head's going to explode, by the way. It's it's Big Von, isn't it? Yes, probably. But Big Von for looking at his girl. I just had a little bit of a panic. 12-ounce girls. <laughs> I just had a little bit of a panic because I was like, oh, no, they're a tag team. <laughs> why, why would you do this? Oh, yeah. No, it's it's, it's, it's going to be the big one. Uh, anyway, big Von Vader. 
Uh, Josh Briggs <laughs> decides that he's going to have a handicap match anyway because he's so bloody pissed off. They face uh, Lagana Del Fantasma. We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> represented by Electro Lopez. Except you, Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> represented by Electro Lopez, Joaquin Wilde, and Cruz Del Toro. Um, in comes uh, Lopez early on. She missed an elbow, uh, and that allows um, Briggs to tag in, obviously, with the rules of being that what they are. And, uh, yeah, he looks he dominates uh, Del Toro and Wilde. There's even a point where Del Toro gets suplexed into Joaquin Wilde, uh, and Lopez got kicked in the head by Fallon Henley. I just, I just love now Del Toro and Wilde. I just always think, like, oh, you're so bloody good. Give them more of a thing. Uh, there's an electric sp- uh, chair splash that got a two count on Briggs. He kicks Wild into the corner, though. Uh, they double tag. The women come in. Henley hits her running shoulder. She runs wild, actually. Load of fire. They brawl her and Electra Lopez out to the ringside, out just off into the back, basically. And that, unfortunately, leaves uh, Josh Briggs alone. And the numbers game eventually catches up to him. He fights valiantly, but gets outnumbered. And uh, they hit that tandem finisher of theirs. One, two, three. Legado del Fantasma get the W. Is there much to say about this? No. It occurred to me in this match that matches like this are all about where they're placed on 2.0. You know, when there's an opener of this quality, and you're kind of almost wrong-footed by it because you've tuned in at 2.0, you're like, Sidgwick doesn't. He's long burnt by this, but I'll sit down. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> no, just, maybe just this episode's not going to be so bad before it ends up being so bad. But like when it's in the opening slot, you kind of give it a pass because I wasn't expecting it. Maybe this is the week. By this point, you've just been your blade's been dulled by a million rotten things. That this is like an empty calories spot fest instead. I, I felt nothing. I felt absolutely nothing for the objectively decent work. Mm. It was good. It was good. Yeah, I, I love. Wild and Del Toro, as I said, I think they're just such a good team. I think I'm a bit sick of Phantasma in that way where when you can see how low the ceiling for success is, and this isn't really an NXT thing, it's a WWE thing, especially for tag teams. You, why fight for them? Like why, yeah. why emotionally fight for them to get anywhere, no matter how good, the, how cool the moves are, um, if they're not going to? Like the best they can hope for is a move to SmackDown where they lose the Usos or a move to Raw where they fare marginally better before just getting part of the churn. I don't know. Like, I, it does affect. Like, all you need yeah. to think is six to 12 months on, and it does kind of affect my enjoyment of them. Mm. And they've been at this a long time. Like, was it, it was in the, it was in 2020 when they were doing the car park attacks and Santos Escobar took his mask off. So mm. this will be, this summer will be two years of them doing this on an X. I I mean, I've got to disagree about the move to the main roster. I mean, look at what happened to Swerve and BFAB and all that team, you know. Uh, Natalia is ready to beat up Cora Jade and put the locker room on notice. And Lash Legend said, this isn't over, Nikita Lyons. And I thought, I mean, it is. You lost 2-0, so that's it. It is over. Let's just call it, shall we? Uh, but she says she's going to win the breakout tournament. And this is where we got the Kiana James bringing corporate <laughs> strategy to the uh, breakout tournament. Then we got the, the legend that is Trick Williams uh, with Carmelo Hayes against Solo Sokoa. And on commentary was, yeah, Cameron Grimes. <laughs> uh, talking about going to the moon. Uh, Shut up. And the triple threat match, basically, um, at next week's show against Hayes and Sokoa. Um, so basically, Trick Williams tried his best. And then at one point, Sokoa went right enough of this and just fired up. Belly to back suplex, running splash in the corner, Samoa drop, super fly splash. One, two, three. There's a face off after that in uh, in the ring with, with Grimes and Sokoa. And in comes Carmelo Hayes. Sokoa's not happy. And he goes to super kick uh, Carmelo Hayes, who ducks and he nails Cameron Grimes with it. I'm really excited about this triple threat next week. Mm, I'm glad for you. 
<laughs> this is not so good, Al. No, yeah, like, man. wasn't a great night for Trick. I can't decide who this was more on because Solo Sokoa is also really young at this, and yet was put in the it's position. Tr- it's Trick. Yeah, probably. Like he was put in a position not just to win, but like to dominate and to carry, and all those things that nobody really on the show, save for about three people that have since been called up to the main roster, should be asked to do. So, and I rate Solo Sokoa like. Raw materials-wise, anyway, I rate him. But this was one of those occasions where it's like, he should have been in the Trick Williams role, and Trick Williams should be nowhere near this yet, and mm. so on. And it's it's an NXT 2.0 problem more than it was a then problem, but I, I didn't get a lot out of this. And I didn't, as a result, it was ineffective in making me feel something for the last Yeah, I get week. that. I get, I get where you're coming from with that. Blown spots, mistimed, like crashing into one another, like at the wrong moments, just timing errors all over the place. I will say this until the day... WWE almost formally kills his career. Centric Williams to the LA Dojo. <laughs> Let him do this for a year. Let him come back and see if he's got something because he's got everything else. Yeah, exactly. Um, then we go backstage, and I don't know if this is a new thing because I've been off a week or two. Oh, what on earth is Idris Anofo wearing? Because I love it. <laughs> the Eagle now, I think yeah. they're calling him. Idris is there, and he's firing up Malik Blade. He's very concerned about Unsustainably facing the Viking Raiders tonight. Um, Idris fires him up by doing the cool running speech in the mirror, basically. Uh, he sees a man with speed, power, heart, a badass who ain't afraid of no man, and that fires Malik Blade up, and he walks out, and, and Idris sorts his amazing outfit out and goes, let's go! Yeah, cool runnings, 29 years ago. At the risk, Willborn, of you somehow not being like completely connected on the pulse with pop culture. Oh. I don't have teenagers as kids, right? Mm-hmm. I've got a seven and a four-year-old. But one of my mates has got teenage kids. And apparently... Right. I don't know if this is just limited to friends, but part nineties stuff is in big time with teenagers. Like they absolutely love friends. They like friends. I don't know if this is like a last year thing. That's not aged well. Mm. But is it uh, last year? I was like, friends is the thing with really? kids in the UK. I don't know if this is like um, be shocked, Dave Meltzer, but like Matt <laughs> LeBlanc it was absolutely <laughs> massive in the United Kingdom. So maybe it extends to all of 90s. Yeah. Friends and Seinfeld are the big hitters. You all see them in the top 10 on Netflix. People are definitely always yeah. hammering them. And I don't think it's just people reliving their youth. I think it's the youth not having a cultural... Looking at The Simpsons and wondering, how is it still on? Was it ever any good? And then yeah. watching the 90s episodes to see that it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I've got no issue with referencing... So cool maybe running. what I'm saying, Wilborn, in a roundabout way, is that Bruce Pritchard is cooler than you. Yeah, I mean, fair. AEW making all the Bret Hart references with Bret Hart being a United's guy. WWE signed Bret Hart that he's in reference called Runnings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we got Idris Anofe and Malik Blade versus Eric and Ivar. Um, Malik Blade starts it off and just gets battered straight away. So in comes Idris Anofe. He gets hit in the knee, uh, hit in the face with a knee with it for a two count. Uh, but they they work uh, eventually start firing up and and working together to take him out. There's a Double sort of, he catches one of them, the other one sort of cross bodies them, so it's sort of a double cross body on Ivar. Um, and then he goes, All right, enough of that. Takes one of them into the corner and hits this nice sort of, he puts his back against him and just starts swinging his elbow around to nail him. I did like that spot. Um, Eric comes in, uh, hits a full Nelson slam backbreaker, and they hit the Viking experience, and that gets the victory for the Viking Raiders. Nice show of uh, respect afterwards, and then the Creed brothers come out on the ramp to jaw Jack with the Viking Raiders ahead of their match next week. It's just such a weird, broken formula. Right, so the Viking Raiders are going to put over the Creed brothers next week, and the Creed brothers are going to walk away from a, a 
dream match is not true, but a, bi- a big match, the biggest match they've had. And they're like, well, they've beaten the Viking Raiders, so on they go to big things. In order to arrive at that, you shouldn't have to beat an NXT team first because you'd, you've basically 50-50 booked them. Or you've 50-50 booked your new people because, yes, the Creed Brothers will do well, but Anofi and Blade will not. So what have you really gained out of this? It's Dolph Ziggler, same thing again, having to beat or take Bron Breaker's title before he can lose to Bron Breaker. He did beat him as well. So they've done all three there. You know, he also he beat um, Champa en route to winning the title. So the reason you're doing that is because your main roster's so cooked that if you send somebody down from the main roster, nobody says, oh, my God, it's a main roster star. It's, oh, my God, it's that loser from Raw. <laughs> so, like, this is such a bust formula. Like, what should happen is that if you bring in somebody down from the main roster, they're such a big deal that you insert them into one match, one week, and then the NXT prospect beats them. And then there's handshakes and hugs or whatever. And it's like, wow, didn't see that one. You know, it should be like Seth Rollins comes down and, well, and he trained him. So fair enough. Nathan Frazier beats him in this like out of nowhere banger. And it's like, wow, Nathan Frazier. Yeah. Or, that's how you do it. But if this, if that was going to happen and Seth Rollins is like an actual star, Seth Rollins would at first be like booked to like win a tournament or something. Yeah. <laughs> over like, oh, he beats Tony D'Angelo. He just like, he beats everybody that you're pushing. They should have now to prove. Yeah. But yeah. They do, because everybody sucks. So they've got to beat one team to lose to another one. It's stupid. It's the stupidest program of all time, right? Listen to these words again. It is the stupidest program of all time. And yet, I was like kind of really impressed with the Viking Raiders for the first time (laughs) in ages, because everything they do is so routine, patterned, and bland on SmackDown. And watching them kill people in an entertaining way again, I was like, ah, I remember these were good. And And it's still the worst program of all time, and Ron SmackDown are worse. Like, Mick, it's another one of the cases whenever they try to do the, uh, a lot of history on NXT. No, well, you don't, and it's not on this show. So yes. there's, there's two lies in that sentence. Uh, Wesley was at the beach in a vignette next. So he's talking about, um, you know, what's been going on with him and the tag titles. And he said, look, losing's hard, but it's even harder when you just have your tag titles. You don't lose. Taken away well, from I did you. lose last week, so. Took um, to <laughs> He said he could whine and complain, or he could knuckle up and make the waves, because he's at the beach, he is destined to make. I do hope they recognise what they've got with Wesley. Wesley's incredible in the ring. Wes, good, because his thing's going to be that he's a surfer. Uh, what? How do you... Sure surf, dude. That's too funny for the serious <laughs> question I was going to... Like, how... Like, is this good or bad? Or, like, how... I feel very much the same with the Lacey Evans thing. I don't mind an element of reality, but you go so deep that it ends up... And it's WWE. They end up kind of exploiting stuff and making a, quite a difficult situation feel exploitative. Is this the way to deal with I it? Think How else? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I disagree. I agree with you on the Lacey Evans stuff because they're going so hard on it. And then, like like we said on the other day on the SmackDown review, at one point they're going to go, right, she's a baddie now. And it's like she's gone through all this horrible stuff with her family. Well, they did like, like a fat shaming program with Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss and then Alexa mm-hmm. Bliss turned face. It's like you can't, you, wrestling's not equipped to deal with those issues. No. I would put this very much outside of it. Mm. Elephant in the room stuff, isn't it? You kind of have to acknowledge. You can't outright say, oh, whatever. <laughs> Contracted wrestlers dressed up as a Nazi, yeah, or did a Nazi thing. But at the same time, the balance I will give them credit. I think it's fair enough. Yeah, but he is going to be a surfer. He said waves. Now he's making waves. Mm. Come out with a surfboard. Oh, carrying it. Not he's probably surf. got more chance of him using <laughs> that surfing to the ring, surfing to the ring than Cora Jade skateboarding around the ring. I think genuinely that's the case. A, anyway. t- a title has been fought for in the sea within the last year of WWE. Wrestling name, we could call, oh, come on, I've got some funny answers, wrestling name. Last name, Euler. First name, Tube. <laughs> Tube Euler. Good. <laughs> Last name, Wax. First name, because I think it's funny. Sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know your suggestions on Twitter. 
At what culture do we do we? <laughs> Why is he like uh, every single male in NXT 2.0? Because he's got a wetsuit. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, Tommy the Angel was backstage. Uh, Kissing goddamn babies, smiling. <laughs> you can't smile enough. He says, look, I don't got time for this. Okay? Just have some goddamn fun out there, huh? <laughs> he says, you should have been spawned up a long time ago. I'm the dawn of NXT. You don't make the threats. I do. Now, you think you're real tough, huh? Because you run around with your little crew. Well, guess what? Tony D, he made a few calls, and now my crew's here. Let me introduce you to two of my goombas. Huh? To- uh, Tony, that's his name. Troy Two Dimes Donovan. This guy steps in wearing the exact same outfit and rubbing his fingers together. And Channing Lorenzo. <laughs> Channing, or as I like to call him on the streets, Sticks. Sticks. Now look, uh, Santos may be a little stunad, uh, but even he knows mixing up with Tony D is, is bad for his health. So that's the Dutch bit, isn't it? You're right. It's the, you got a little stunad with the, the fire nord in the IX and the Renault Dubois. You're a little stunad. So next stunad plays a shadow four or a false nine. Depending on the type of formation. I'm coming to NXT. I'd have to feud with some people, and it is Legado del Fantasma, I think. So. Show next week. Hashtag uh, should a double pivot. <laughs> uh, let me try the other one. Uh, Troy, uh, uh, gig and press. Uh, Troy two times Donovan. He is a good uh, box to box. So next week, Santos <laughs> Escobar. I want to sit down at NXT Spring Break here. We need to do this man to man. Because I take when I take things into my own hands. Oh, because before I take things into my own hands. Because if I do Santos, you won't like it. Let's get out of here, guys. <laughs> Now that he's turned babyface, I cannot wait for him to get his title shot. And it's not going to be against Bron Breaker anymore, is it? It's going to be when a heel wins the belt because he's turned babyface. And you're going to have to do your, like, your Cameron Grimes. Where he's going to talk, I always promised my uh, dead uncle, uh, Junior, that I'd, uh, I, I'd win the title. I'm Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> you're going to have to soften the whole I, thing. I, that's the match I want. Joe Gacy versus Tony D'Angelo. Nailed. Yeah. He's going to have a sit down. We'll talk about it more on the preview next week. Uh, right, then we got Roxanne Perez against the NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose. Uh, and uh, Roxanne Perez went for about a million covers here, basically, um, realizing what sort of a situation she's in and toxic attraction of ringside as well, victory rolls, all that sort of thing. Uh, one of the spots, though, was Mandy Rose sort of wagging her finger at Roxanne Perez, who just grabbed it and started biting it and then us on commentary, putting over the manicure or what have you, and to take us to a break, her precious hand gets slammed into the ring steps. Um, when we come back, Mandy Rose, she did this spot where she sort of like like slung uh, Roxanne Perez into the ropes, like, you know, ch- choked her on them, and then she fell back, so she was sort of resting across Mandy Rose's knees, like a sort of, like a backbreaker. And then she sort of sat there as if she was waiting for like a tag team partner to come over the top rope and drop an elbow, and then was like... A singles match. Uh, I'll just try for the pin. <laughs> anyway, um, eventually, uh, Perez got a bit of a fire, um, c- came back, Russian leg sweep, standing moonsault gets two, and uh, and then out of nowhere, Mandy Rose just hit her with a jumping knee. One, two, three. But it's all about the post-match here, Michael Hamlet. Wendy Chu appears yet again to cause trouble for toxic attraction. She pops up with her super soakers, and they leg it, and then she pulls out a button and presses it, 
and a net falls onto them, and they go, oh, bloody, go and get out of this net, and they finally do, and uh, to turn around into uh, Perez and Wendy Chu, spraying them with silly string. She is tormenting toxic attraction. I know it's like Randy Orton week, and it's 2.0, but is it like cum in those water pistols or something? Because the way that they all get, like, stuck together, and oh, no, like, trying to create, like, the beer bath scene. It's a water pistol. I mean, like... It's a slight nuisance, isn't it? If that, if that... Especially in a building so goddamn hot. It's a 2.0 dome. The match was... I've been a little bit cruel because I think this was marginally better than some of the stuff on this show. Um, it was still very, like, very, very character-driven in a way that Mandy Rose is not... She's not such a great all-rounder that you can give her, like, a gimmick thing to work with, like, it's the nicest thing anyone said about Mandy Rose's yeah, in-ring like work. She, the thing with... When somebody's, like, a great all-rounder... You can give them like a gimmick match for a week. Greatly all around. You can give them a gimmick match for a week where they sell something weird or something character based. And it's like a little bit different because you're not seeing the technical stuff. You're instead seeing this this odd little thing. She's not really that. And then they're asking her to do this in quite a lot of these matches. And it's just exposing her. And that's unfair on her. But I didn't think this was too bad, which probably means that, you know, Roxy's started well. Maybe. Maybe that's a compliment to her because I thought this this went quite well, all things considered. The post match was an absolute piss take. Kev Wendy Chu, three or four weeks, was it? And we were absolutely bang right. This was, this is appalling. This is, again, cringeworthy. Like, Riz, I can't, you can't take the piss out of something that is already beyond parody, which, as eloquent a piss taker as Michael Sidgwick is, is why he played the footage of the Leap of Faith yesterday rather than mocking it itself. The visual itself is beyond parody. The net, the silly string, the water pistols, it's can't do jokes about it. It's Toilet man, but it's he's rubbish. Also, but he's also the, the combination of the things you talked about when you talked about taking your kids to see Clifford the Big Red Dog randomly. Yeah. You can't you, if you're going to do that, right? I didn't like it, obviously. But if you're going to do oh net and silly string and water pistols, you can't also be like a pussy and stuff like that. It's like no. you can't have someone go hey, Clifford the Big Red Dog when you suck my cat. <laughs> <laughs> it can't. It can't. It's either or, isn't it? We're going to get that thing, then noodle. It's a 100 foot size cack and ball. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff with the big red bollocks. <laughs> oh, I don't know how bad it could be. Cliff with the big red Roxanne Perez is like way better than so many of the women they have on that roster. And I love how like the answer's just there. Uh, recruit from the indie scene. <laughs> yeah. Or recruit from a collegiate athletic background. Dispatch them to the indie scene so that they know how to work. And then they just look at the answer and go, nah. 50, <laughs> nah, nah. 50 Olympic gymnasts put in a breakout tournament. I thought, you're a traffic warden now. Can you wrestle now? Hey, you were, <laughs> you were parking ticket, you got fine written all over you. <laughs> I'm nearly at the end. Hey, you so had a, fitting hey, for NXT because all he was giving out tickets. I got a clue for you, Blue. Why don't you suck my cat? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. An X-rated Nickelodeon presenter. Is that what yeah. you got? I used to work in kids' TV, but I constantly made ask people to suck my dick, and you can't do that in that industry, so I'm a wrestler now. Like, I'm not being funny. You've literally, over the course of this podcast, <laughs> morphed into um, Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> his, his shtick was um, nursery rhymes were dirty. Yeah. Do you want to hear oh. one of them? Right, this is not funny. And Andrew Dice Clay it was kind of a hack. Let's see if you uh, laugh at this. Okay. Just as a, as a measure of your taste and your professionalism. Hickory dickory duck. This chick sat on my cock. <laughs> the clock struck two. I shot my go. Hickory dickory duck. Oh, I absolutely love it. He's like, hey, the comedy clubs. 
Mary, Mary, quite contrary. I want to see how your garden grows. <laughs> <laughs> that was this whole bit. Like, but the thing was, what like what has stuck and should stick when like we do it every week on the when we say two point is he would sometimes be so happy with his own jokes that he would go, Oh, like, oh, oh that's pretty little Miss Muffin said on her gack. Oh. <laughs> he had a tab he's got like that. Like, wrap it around his head and go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think it's Wilborn's favourite guy. Yeah. He is Wilborn. Yeah. You were like, Adam Dice Clay. <laughs> that's um it was Cliff Compton, wasn't it, as well? Borrowed loads of his like, yeah. think, like of, of the prior podcasting generation. But she you've got to reach out to Cliff Compton and get an interview. Get a real kick out of it. Okay. Main event time. It was Joe Gacy coming out after what happened with him and the leap of faith and Bron Breaker and stuff, and he's got the well, what are we calling them? Druids? Druids. Yeah. Druids. They're yeah. druids. Uh he gets really well coordinated druids by the end as well, aren't they? Like a, I quite like the little line they got in. Druids again. <laughs> Why was it? <laughs> the druids that get in the queue. The keywords. <laughs> so Casey gets on the mic and says, uh, we've been on the journey to change the world and we've we've come so far. We've had so many triumphs. And he talks about NXT being clay that he's molding. A clay of acceptance. <laughs> Just a sign off of sake. Imagine, like, clear of acceptance. Imagine, imagine one of the kids said, we're watching on for your birthday. Can I have some acceptance, Clay? That's <laughs> what we're all saying at school. You wouldn't know what it means, old man. <laughs> mountain, of omnip- um, mountain of omnipotence, clay of acceptance. Yes. I'm going to drown you in an ocean of inexperience. Maybe maybe acceptance, Clay, is what you carve off omnipotence mountains. Yeah. Yes. Like it's, like, I'm not being funny. I know that these people who write these shows are not good enough to do, like, Young Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> but they once got a gag on The Big Bang Theory season six. They got a gag on one page, and they got enough to get a credit. And then they it's realized, about a hard drive. And they realized by uh, season seven, you're not even good enough for this heck crap. <laughs> but you can take your little credit, go down to your little wrestling ring, and get a jab. Huh? Guess what I made out of my acceptance clay? A giant. Oh. <laughs> How do you like that? Brooks, that's how you got. I've got a boner of erections. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, where are we? We made great strides, but the mission isn't quite accomplished, he says. Uh, and uh, the, the druids come around the ring at this point. And Gracie says, it's time to commit to the future and my vision. Um, because you've got, to, you've got to do it willingly, because after spring breaking, there will be no choice. says, uh, Bron hasn't said anything about his injury after his fall. Um, but Joe Gacy knows that, that Bron Breaker isn't cleared, and as a result of his fall from grace, he will be crowned the new NXT champion, and the mold and clay of NXT will be hardened into the vision of how he sees the world. Just what? That's literally what he said. I don't know what he said. Uh, anyway, here comes Rick Steiner. <laughs> 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 yeah, I love he walks in the ring. There are these druids. <laughs> druids. <laughs> yeah. Druids in the light. They're meant to convey like the evil within the world that he hypocritically claims himself not to be, and they're, they're capable of eating flesh or something. And uh, Rick Steiner walks past them. <laughs> Excuse I, me. Iconic, like Steiner Brothers, Michigan Fight March theme tune from the night is nah, like ass, ass, Ray, Ray, Ray <laughs> Rick Steiner skin here in the building. Like EDM in past some druids. Oh, wrestling, I remember this. Anyway, he no, tells Scott's got out of there. He's not featured, is he? <laughs> he tells Gacy that he's got it all wrong. That Braun is clear, and he will defend the title at next week's Spring Break. Uh, and by the way, yeah, thanks for showing up, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was really, that's, that's the purpose of this visit, was it? He's fine. Well, how can you prove it? Well, there. <laughs> yeah, there he is. <laughs> Couldn't he have just arrived? Uh, Gacy said to Stanley. <laughs> is that like imagine the reality? Like, 
Bron's like, I, I, like, let me at him, let me at him. Actually, Dad, you got there first. <laughs> <laughs> you got there first with 20 other men. Let's <laughs> see what happens. Just see how this goes. Casey goes, wow, Rick, great to see you, pal. Basically, he says, what a time you've picked. What a great time you picked to come back. Or did you pick the worst possible time? <laughs> <laughs> that is literally my, or in opposite land. <laughs> great to see you here. Nat. <laughs> That's basically what he did. Uh, so all the all the bloody druids jump up on the apron. And then Bron Breaker's music hits and he storms down and they all run it in one by one and he just takes them out and takes them out and finally gets into the ring. Um, the, the druids are holding back Rick and eventually mm-hmm. Gacy just throws one of them at Bron Breaker and that distracts Breaker enough so that Gacy can lay him out. And then, yeah, the NXT Championship, which I, sh- I think I missed this, but I think Bron Breaker dropped it as part of his run-in. One of the... Druids picks it up, and then there's just a, a line of people that they pass it along I and hope. pass it along. I hope. Just goes all the way <laughs> and, uh, yeah, eventually gets passed to Joe Gacy, who stands over Bron Breaker's body with the NXT title and raises it high to close the show scene. Literally one of the worst things I've ever seen. I've got nothing else to add. They've absolutely ruined Bron Breaker, haven't they? So good. This is awful. So we've got Super, super Soakers, Silly String, and to close the show, pass the parcel. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Is Joe Gacy the future of NXT? No. <laughs> That's a preview question. Let's just wrap it up. Poor guy. Save for the preview. You can follow me at M. Sedgwick. Follow me at Michael Anthrop. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. If you want all that serious wrestling analysis, we'll be doing it later. Looking ahead to <laughs> AEW Dynamite later on today. Uh, but for now, my thanks to Michael Hamlet, to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.